With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Into the truth. Welcome to today's broadcast. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing. Uh, of course, with the occasional caveat that I always mean to intend, and that is, unless, of course, you're engaged in global jihad. If you're doing that, then you're a bad person. You don't deserve to have a good day. Anyway, it's a beautiful day here in East Tennessee. I'm myself still feeling uh, a little bit under the weather. It's a constant struggle right now between the allergies that I never used to suffer from as a kid, and now that I've gotten older, seem to just want to kick my butt every year a little bit worse, and uh, this uh, sinus infection that I had and keeps trying to come back on me, evidently. But uh, regardless of all that, I'm still trying to stay positive today because, like I said, it's a beautiful day out here. This is the kind of weather you have to get out, do things, and unfortunately, uh, you know, yes, that also means a lot of yard work. For those of you who enjoy yard work, uh, it's a great thing. For those of you who do it because you have no choice, uh, that would be me, just FYI, uh, then it's not such a great thing. It's not so much that I mind doing yard work, mind you, as much as I have so little time to do the yard work with everything else that I've got to do. Uh, not the least of which uh, it involves family time, uh, taking the family to see the Avengers movie like it did yesterday, uh, things like that. It is my own fault I had to take them, by the way. Uh, when the first Avengers movie was coming out, they're all like, yeah, what's that? I don't know, because, you know, I'm the only guy in the house. And, of course, when I was a kid, I grew up uh, doing the comic book thing and I unfortunately have inadvertently got them uh, liking and enjoying the concepts of superheroes in the movies. and So there we go. Had to take the family in. Uh, while the movie was still good, yeah, I don't think it was quite as good as the first one. That they're still trying to set up and tell the story of the Infinity War two-part movie that they're bringing along. And you know, Despite whatever Marvels might be doing, you know, that's just 
It's family time, and it's a distraction. And right now, I think a lot of us feel like we need distractions from what's going on in the world because, good grief. I want to devote the majority of today's show to talk about Baltimore and what's been going on there for the past week. And I know you guys have probably been Baltimore to death by now. Everybody and their grandmother's talking about it, but there's a reason why everyone's talking about it. Because no matter which side of the arguments that you're on, there are very important and legitimate issues that we need to talk about here in this country, but we need to do more than talk. We need to take action. Things need to be done, and it doesn't matter if you're on the left and you're talking about how the cops are just guilty of brutality to a point that's unacceptable or if you're way over here on the right and you don't believe that rioting is ever an appropriate response, you both have points. So we got to find a way to get past the anger and the, the situational stuff and talk about the ideas and, more importantly, the solutions that we've got to get to. But before we do that, there are, of course, some other stories that are going on this week. Several of them are important, some of them not so much, and I want to touch on some of them. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was the uh, Bruce Jenner thing. Now, uh, of course, you know, he had his big interview – with uh, Miss Sawyer, where came out, had the conversation about how he identifies as a woman, how he's felt that way for a long time, blah, blah, blah. And I got to tell you, I didn't watch the interview, not as it aired. I wasn't interested to me, and in my mind, this was something that it was Bruce Jenner's private business. And I know the only reason he's having this interview was in an effort to promote this new upcoming reality show. You know, that much was obvious. It's clear. That's what he was going for. That's what's going on. That's all he wanted. And I had no interest in that. I I really don't care. You know, and it's not that Bruce Jenner wasn't a great Olympic athlete or wasn't important to the American culture at one point in time. Uh, his association with the Cardassians has been in my mind, somewhat embarrassing, but, you know, Bruce married into the family, and I'm going to assume, considering that nobody knew who the Cardassians were at that point in time, that it was done because there was a legitimate uh, relationship that evolved there, and I hope that's the case. And it didn't bother me at all that this man wants to be considered a woman, doesn't want to be looked at as a woman. That's on him, his choice, his decision, he answers for that in the long run, not me. So I'm not concerned about it. So I had no interest in watching this interview, although obviously I think I'm one of about four people in the country that must not have watched it based on the uh, numbers and the ratings that come out. What caught my interest, though, wasn't the things that he said. It wasn't the choices that he was making. Although from what I've seen, I did go back and I watched the interview later because I kept hearing what a big deal Diane Sawyer's made out of him professing to be a conservative. That's where the interest for me came from. He was a conservative. Now that in and of itself doesn't entirely surprise me per se, uh, but I think it surprised a lot of people that start kind of pigeon-toeing these folks into certain categories. 
Now, he said basically, yeah, I guess I'm a Republican, when she said, are you a Republican? But he said that he wasn't a big fan of the president, that he was conservative, that he believed in the Constitution. And you literally would have thought that somebody had just stabbed Diane Sawyers in the gut the way she guessed. It's like, <gasps> it was a real one. You know, it, it wasn't one of those for dramatic effects. Oh, I knew what you were going to say, and here we go. This was a complete and total surprise shocker. You're, you're one of them? Uh, don't don't you think that might make some of those folks angry? Well, why would it? Yeah, because he considers himself to be transgendered. Somehow he's not supposed to be able to think for himself and believe that conservative ideas of small government and constitutional limitations might be a good thing. Please. But what really brought my interest wasn't even so much that reaction because you can expect that reaction from Diane Sawyers or anybody else in the mainstream liberal media areas. The reaction that I think is most notable was what happened, of course, in social media where the people started tweeting uh, live as the show was going on, going talking crazy things about, oh, you said you know like Obama. Now my mother can't watch you again. I'm assuming that that means the mother was always watching uh, the Cardassian show, whatever it's called, and uh, possibly was planning on watching the upcoming reality show where Bruce makes his transition to whatever his new name he wants to go by is going to be, whatever it is. I mean, the witness people referred to him as uh, several. <laughs> explicit things that I would rather not say on air. Uh, I prefer not to uh, be quite that salty on the show. <laughs> but there was a strong, hard pushback. Suddenly, once everybody realized that Bruce Jenner wasn't going to fit neatly into the little box that they think this label should apply to, suddenly he must be destroyed. And I find it interesting timing. I don't think it necessarily has anything to do with one to the other. But if I do find it interesting timing, this lawsuit that has popped up against uh, Bruce over this accident that took place back in February happened to come along roughly about a week after the interview. I find that interesting timing. Uh, I don't think the lawsuit has anything to do directly with the interview, but I do think how this lawsuit will play out will be affected by it because now you have some people that are in positions of authority. They're going to want to punish him for publicly saying that it's okay to be transgendered and to be conservative. Now, the sad, terrible truth is there's a lot of folks out there that are in the gay community or who identify themselves as transgender who actually have very conservative personal values. We keep seeing, and we constantly have been told, and I, I've talked about this multiple times with certain guests, uh, members of the African-American community. Uh, I don't care for that term. I hate hyphenated Americanism. Uh, I think if you're part of the black community, then okay, this say you're just say you're black. Don't call yourself African-American because you're either African or you're American. But you know, 
just so that we can play nice with the few liberals who might be listening and who prefer that terminology, don't be offended because I'm going to offend you more later with what I have to say. don't want you to tune out before you get to that part. The fact that black people are told early on they have to vote a certain way or they're not being true to their community. Women are told early on they have to vote a certain way or they're not being true to their community. And the same thing happens with the gay, lesbian, transgendered folks. They're told they have to support a certain political ideology. They have to vote a certain way or they're not being true to their community. They're being traitors. Well, it's hogwash. <coughs> Excuse me. Because what it comes down to is there's a group of people that want you to choose a side. And we're to a turning point in this country now where I'm beginning to think that it may be too late not to. It may be to a point now where everyone is going to have to pick a side, one or the other. It's a cultural war. And this war that we're there are a certain group of elitists that are pulling the strings and trying to keep the rest of us divided so we don't see what they're doing. So the most important thing that you can do right now is to be careful which chi- which side you pick. You need to be real careful who you allow to speak for you. And in most cases, I'd recommend you not let anybody speak for you but yourself. You speak for you. You express your views, your thoughts, your opinions, your feelings, what you need, want, have to have from the government, what you need, want, have to have from your community. You take those steps, and you be your own voice because nobody is better qualified to speak for you than you are. And when it comes time for elections where we decide who we're going to allow to be our voice in our state capitals or in D.C., in those cases, we need to make real sure going into the elections that we know who these people really are and not just their public face. And that we know that they can be a voice for us, and then we need to be our own voice again in making sure that they know we mean business. This Bruce Jenner thing with the pushback and the social media and the way the liberals across the country reacted to not the admission that he was transgendered, but to the admission that he was conservative-minded, that he believed in the Constitution, shows the very hypocrisy of the folks on the left. You can go down and literally read a hundred, a thousand, a million tweets immediately after that interview, if you were so inclined. And you'd see a lot of the same kind of thing, and the message is quite clear. You've got a right to be who you are until you're not who we want you to be. That was the message. So much support, so much love for Bruce going into that part of the interview, and then everything changed on a dime. And then folks who ordinarily would have ignored this and I have to say myself included, because I was ignoring it, but I wasn't ignoring it because I disapprove of his lifestyle. His lifestyle is up to him. It's not my lifestyle. I only need to worry about me and my immediate family. Those are the folks I have to worry about. Those are the folks that I'm personally responsible for. 
Bruce Jenner is responsible for Bruce Jenner, and then whoever else he decides to expand that reach to. His life, his choices, his identity as... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. He sees it. All of that, that's up to him. So it's not a disapproval on my part. It's a disinterest because I don't see it as being any of my business. And it shouldn't be. He took an opportunity to try and bring some of the, well, some of the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Suddenly I'm sitting here struggling. He decided to take an opportunity knowing that right now, because of the television show and the popularity within a certain segment of the country, the people would be paying attention to what he said or done. And he took that opportunity to shine some light on the situation that many transgendered people feel like they face for their entire lives. When I went back and watched the interview after the fact, it was a very compelling and a very sad personal story. Bruce Jenner was telling you that one of the reasons he became such a great athlete and he was because he was practicing so much so he wouldn't have to think about how much it hurt him not to be able to, to be the person he felt he was supposed to be. That's, that's sad. Nobody should have to. To live with that kind of pain in their personal life over identity. So some folks thought he was going to be shining a light on that and being a voice and an advocate for the transgendered community. And you know what? I didn't see where he said anything that that's still not the case. Except for the part where he doesn't fall in that neat little box where he should be a liberal where he should be a so-called progressive, because that's what they automatically assume you ought to be. And this falls back to the same trouble that we see in places like Baltimore and Ferguson, where you have the folks that are standing up saying it's okay for these people to riot because of how angry they are, because they put you, Mr. Rioter, Mrs. Rioter, they put you in that same little box with this neat little label where the expectations are different. You can't be expected to live by the same set of rules as the rest of society because you're not capable. Funny how when I say it like that, you can hear the condensation. 
I'm being condescending to you. The condemnation is there. It's very clear. Only that's not me saying it, folks. That's what they're telling you. Every time you hear somebody on MSNBC talking about how you just have to understand where they're coming from, that is their way of saying, well, you can't expect them to behave like reasonable people. That's what they're saying. Doesn't that insult you? Don't you feel the difference between implied racism and real racism? Because that's more racist than some uh, Ku Klux Klan member showing up to have a freaking parade in their hometown. Granted, it could get very racist, but just the fact that they're having a parade, uh, not as racist. And at the very least, the Klan member, at least he's up front about it. He'll tell you to his face. Uh... I don't like you because I only like white people. And guess what? By the way, just FYI, that's not any worse than the new Black Panther Party people going around saying, we don't like any white people, and we need to go around killing crackers. We need to kill some crackers. We need to kill some cracker babies. And Just FYI, in case you didn't know it, uh, Mr. – what's his name? Shabazz, the f- the former leader. He ain't in charge anymore. He actually said that. That's a direct quote to that uh, back right before the last election. That doesn't sound like somebody you should be having appointed as a leader of your community. And that goes back to the be real careful about who you allow to speak for you. Be real careful about who you allow to speak on your behalf. Because when you allow people like that to be your voice, then you are condoning that kind of activity. Now, maybe in your personal life you might say, oh, no, no, I would never do that. That's not – but if you cheer these people on or if you step back and you let them speak unopposed, then you're doing the same thing. If I hear Rush Limbaugh or Glenn Beck or Sean Hannity come on the air and say something utterly stupid that I can't abide by, then I'm going to call them out on it the same as I'm going to call out anybody else on this show. Because if I don't, then I'm just as guilty as they are for letting it stand, which is why I applaud people. I applaud a large number of people who have taken the effort to stand up and oppose the crowd mentality. I didn't mean to get into the quite so far into the Boston thing this quickly because I wanted to touch on a couple of other quick stories too. But you know what? Since I'm here, I think we're just going to roll with it. I'm going to take a little break, and let's start actually looking at what's transpired the last little bit. Uh, we'll take a, a quick hit on a couple of other topics, but right now, let's just take a short little break, and after the break, we'll discuss a couple of other things that the media wanted to talk about instead of, and then we'll get deep into the heart of what we need to look at the most when it comes to Baltimore. We'll be right back.
to the break. There were a couple other stories that people over the last few days wanted to make a bigger deal about than to actually focus on the most important story going on. Number one, everybody wants to talk about the Kentucky Derby. Well, I'm assuming that that probably has a lot to do with the fact that a lot of us are needing that distraction. Okay, so we had the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. Woo! Uh, and, you know, I'm not the kind of guy that makes fun of sports. You know, a lot of talk show hosts in the conservative field will, uh, either because they're just not into sports themselves or they just see it as a distraction from what's important. But regardless of why they diss it, I happen to see a lot of value in sports, so I don't make fun of sports. It's just that when it comes down to it, this is a point in time where the Kentucky Derby needs to be kept over to the sports section of their broadcast if it's a local news thing, or the sports section of the broadcast at the national thing, and let's not make this out to be a headline news topic when you've got such things going on around the world. And then, of course, the other big story is we have a new royal baby. Oh, my. Wonderful little child, little female girl. Quick birth, quick delivery. The family's already went back home now. Uh, quick release. They just want to talk and talk and talk about it. Folks, we fought a revolution to get away from the monarchy. Let's stop obsessing over it, shall we? But it never fails. Whenever there's royal news in England, uh, people over here go nuts. And again, it's a distraction. It's a distraction from their everyday lives, and that's the reminder that for some people, the dream of being a prince or a princess can still be a reality, although it's certainly not the reality that it used to be, not that it was ever that great of a deal, even back when the monarchy were the ruling class, because there were obligations, there was nasty sanitation, there was a lot of inbreeding. It wasn't a very pretty picture, folks. So well, let's take a dose of reality and realize that while it's, of course, a joyous occasion and congratulations to the mom and dad, it's not an important story here. We need to be more focused on what's going on in Iran. We need to be more focused on what's happening to the Christians in Syria and Iraq thanks to ISIS. We need to be paying more attention to what is going to happen to the very notion of justice in this country now that we have a new attorney general who by all accounts seems to be just as bad and possibly could end up being worse than the old attorney general was. Hillary Clinton is facing a scandal right now involving the sale of uranium and a scandal involving the taxes not being filed properly for the Clinton Foundation. And in fact, the accusations have been made flat out that the Clintons, all of them, Bill, Hillary, and Chelsea, Chelsea, that, yes, young Chelsea, she was but a young lass when they were in the White House. She's all grown up now. But the accusation is that they were all using funds donated to the foundation as a personal slush fund. And this sudden rush to amend taxes, refile, it came to try and beat the release of a tell-all book that's coming up that probably is going to detail that in a lot worse.
And it says a lot. It says a lot about the sad state that our American political system has gotten into when maybe 15, definitely as short as 20 years ago, a scandal like that was to break, and her campaign would have been over at that point. Now… The harshest thing that's come of it is some political pundits on a talk show saying, do you think this will impact her campaign? The cell with the uranium, when we look into it a little deeper, it looks as if it's entirely possible that there could and should be some serious prison time involved here. She was in in a position to have inside information about what the EPA was about to do in regards to mining of uranium here within the states. And entering into a contract where half of what we were going to have available was going to go to Russia. Hmm. But here we are, and there are still people supporting Hillary Clinton for no other reason than the, the fact that she's a woman. Well, we've had our first black president. Now we have to have our first woman president. You know what? I don't have a problem with having a black president. I don't have a problem with having a, a woman president. I just want them to be somebody who might actually be good at being president, somebody that's not committed to a socialist or a feminist agenda. Somebody that's not committed to destroying the country that is in order to accomplish the goals that they want. <coughs> Excuse me. Our republic is hanging on by a thread. The life support is just barely working now. But our republic is worth saving. No matter what folks think, like the flag-stomping challenge, okay, I have to mention that. I was going to save that for the Outrage of the Week, so we'll go ahead. We'll call that the Outrage of the Week. With the week like this, it's absolutely ludicrous to pick anything. Uh, we've been that several weeks now. Too hard to pick an Outrage of the Week. We'll, we'll, this will be the Outrage of the Week, though, not because it's the most outrageous thing going on, but because it's very outrageous and it's very cowardice. If you haven't heard about it. They've started doing this little thing online that's supposed to be modeled after the ice bucket challenge, the uh, you know wildly, insanely popular, brought all kinds of attention and a reasonable amount of donations and contributions to the uh, ACLS uh, organization where they're doing research to try and try and help alleviate the uh, terrible disease that it is. They're trying to base this on that. That's a way of trying to protest that they just think America is no longer – it doesn't hold the dream for them. So they take these uh, flags, and they're either stomping on them or jumping on them or dancing on them. But I notice not a lot of them actually give their full names, nor are they letting you know where they're at. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's probably very wise because I I know some veterans who would probably look them up to have a conversation. And, and I promise you their intention would be to have a conversation about how it's not appropriate to stomp on that flag. I what I can't do is promise you that that, that conversation would remain a peaceful <laughs> talking conversation because if they're going to be as disrespectful as they have been on these videos, then chances are it would get ugly in a hurry. And again, that's part of why I think these are dangerous times in the country. I used to. Well, I'll tell you, I have evolved fully on this. Uh, I hate to use that terminology, but I used to think it was just crazy talk that we were headed for another civil war. And then I started thinking, you know what? We could be headed towards that type of division. And now I clearly see that that is the direction this country has gone in. There's so much division and so much anger and so little respect for one another that it's it becomes almost mind-boggling to try and think about how did we get from, I don't know, the 1950s to here today. I mean, first of all, it's a cowardly act. Okay? You want to stomp on a flag? That flag can't stomp you back. That flag has done nothing to you. That flag is a symbol. You see, here's the thing about symbols, though, is symbols mean different things for different people. Even if they know, roughly, we have a common frame of reference, it's still not a common frame of feeling or emotion. You say, that flag represents America. Well, to some people, that means you're talking about our government. Maybe you go so far as to include the entirety of the government, all three branches. Maybe... You just think it's the guy occupying the White House. Maybe you just think of it as being that judge that enforced a speeding ticket you got last week. Whatever it is that you think of as the government, some folks think that's all the flag is. Then there are other folks who think that that flag represents all the hundreds of thousands of Millions of people who have laid down their lives or who have sacrificed in order to make this experiment in freedom a reality and to help continue its existence. Yet others say it represents the people of the nation, all of the people of the nation, regardless. Now, if you do see the flag as being just a representation of our government… Then I can understand not caring about whether or not you step on it or use it to wipe your bum or whatever. But the problem is I don't see that flag that way. Most of the people that 
I know, most of the people I talk to on a regular basis, most of the people that contact me via the internet, whether it's through social media or through the website, or who call up the show and don't necessarily get on air, but we have conversation. Most of those people don't see that flag that way. So you've got to stop and realize before you do something that silly and that cowardly, you've got to realize what else you're saying. Do you want to do a challenge that makes things aware, brings awareness to your situation? Then think of something clever to say and say it. Heard a host of uh, another show that I've recently started listening to. Uh, he made a, a very good point, and that is if you have to shock me, then you don't have anything to say. If you have to shock me to get my attention, then you don't have anything to say. And I think that's an excellent point. If you can't articulate your message, then perhaps you're not the person to be trying to deliver that message. Stop trying to shock people and start trying to explain to people your frustrations, your anger, things that are going on. And uh, just FYI, it doesn't help when a camera crew goes out and finds the most ridiculous-sounding people they can find and give them an opportunity to vent because those folks, when they're speaking out of anger, those folks say things that they wouldn't ordinarily say, and they say it in a way – that is going to be most comfortable to them. Uh, case in point, there was a woman on CNN who basically she said they didn't need a, a curfew. That might be a legitimate point. She says, we grown-ass people. And immediately, instead of coming to agreement, which I think most conservatives, at least the majority of the libertarian-leaning conservatives, would tend to agree with her sentiment. You know what? They are grown people, and they don't need a curfew, but they do need to learn to behave in, in society. Rioting is not protesting. I don't care how you want to play it, how you want to paint it, how you want to say it. Rioting does not equal protesting. Rioting and looting is theft and thug behavior. And yes, that's right. I said it. Thug, thug, thug. Guess what? Thug is not a racial slur. It's not. You can try and turn it into one. Good luck to you. It's not. But no matter how you refer to these behaviors, you've got a ton of people that want to instantly hide behind race again and try and say, ooh, that's the new N-word. Well, I've heard like six new N-words in the past two years. And guess what? Ain't none of them the new N-word. The N-word isn't even the N-word. N-word, N-word, N-word. <laughs> you know how silly I feel saying the N-word instead of just saying it? But the problem is if I say it, then that'll be shocking. And then I go back into, if I have to shock you, I have nothing to say. I want you to hear the merit of what I'm saying. People on the left shouldn't applaud this woman for standing up 
and sounding as if she's just angry but doesn't know much. And the people on the right don't achieve anything either by making fun of the way she expresses herself. Both cases, both sides are wrong. You can't accomplish anything by doing something like making fun of somebody who's expressing genuine anger. The question becomes what she expressing anger about. Does she even know? Because you constantly see people that are taking up the flag of some new cause without fully understanding what's going on. All they know is some of their friends are all for it. And that's fine. But they need to know why. They need to know what's going on. There are lots of silly things going on around the country. Things that will get lost while talking about bigger stories like this. We can't let any of those fall by the wayside. They're all too important. There are so many different things going on in Baltimore. So many different things that are going on in Baltimore. I mean, it's almost a perfect storm of things. Almost all of them you have heard individually if you've been paying attention to the story. And I know most of the people that are listening to this show have been, and they've probably heard every conservative commentator uh, say essentially the same thing. You've got everything ranging from this is what happens when you have liberal Democrats in charge for an extended period of time to uh, the mentality of thinking that it's okay to riot. But the, the, the worst thing is we've really got to get to the, the heart of this matter is how police interact with civilians and how civilians interact with police. That's at the heart of this issue. Now, the, the last couple of days since the announcement that six police officers were going to be charged, well, then violence has went down to almost zero. But I find myself wondering, and I don't know, I don't know if maybe any of you thought the same thing. I, I think some of you uh, were actually kind of at the same place as I am, and here's Here's where I've been at since the beginning. When I first heard about Mr. Gray's death, okay, this seems like very unfortunate timing because things haven't calmed down yet from the last uh, bit of anger over the South Carolina shooter. We had a police officer shot in the head yesterday in New York. A lot more violence is happening from the civilians on police officers, and I think this is something we've seen rise considerably since Ferguson, or at least it's been reported a little more since then. 
but how our police and the civilian populations are interacting is at the heart of this issue. Everybody in Baltimore is claiming that there is a culture of police brutality. Now, I don't live in Baltimore, so I don't know. I can't just ignore when so many people come forth and say that that's the case. But I also can't take for a fact that somebody may have a cultural bias so that every time a police officer walks through their neighborhood and glances over at them, they may think that they're somehow having their civil rights violated because I've seen that extreme take place too. I can't dismiss it, but I can't take it as gospel either. I saw the video, and Mr. Gray was pulled in, the same video that I'm sure all the rest of you have seen. And in that video, I don't see anything excessive within that. I don't see anything that tells me, yes, the cops did something wrong. I don't see anything that says, yes, Mr. Gray did something wrong. I don't see anything definitive in that video. And that may be part of why it's the only video out there. But how sad is it that when the announcement was made that these officers were going to be charged, the first thing that came to my mind is, God, I hope this is based on the facts. I hope this is based on the evidence that she's actually gotten to see in her investigation and that it has nothing to do with political pressure or personal vendetta. And, and honestly, the personal vendetta thing didn't occur to me. I said political pressure. The personal vendetta thing came along later when I saw later that same day how the Fraternal Order of Police are asking this prosecutor to recuse herself, claiming that she has a personal connection to Mr. Gray's family. I saw her reactions to that statement saying that she's doing her job, and that's all she's doing. And she seems overly defensive, quite honestly. But, and unlike a lot of people that would just want to attack or see one side of the story, I pulled back and I put myself in her shoes and thought for a second, what would my reaction be if... I was trying to do my job and trying to be objective and trying to make sure that justice is served, and then people questioned my integrity. I would probably be just as defensive, maybe even more so. But at the same time, we look at this, and the reason that's the first thought in my head is, God, I hope this is on the evidence, is because we know… We know that once you're out there and you're in the public realm and this type of political heat gets ratcheted up on a person, a lot of people can't take it. A lot of people fold. A lot of people may be sitting back and thinking, all right, here's, here's what's going to do. These cops may not have done anything wrong. I haven't found enough evidence for that, but I don't have to have the same type of evidence to take it to trial as I'd have to to get a conviction, and if we at least – announce for replacing charges, then maybe that'll calm things down for a bit. If that's what they're doing, they're thinking they're in a situation where it's win-win. They get everybody calmed down, and then by the time they have the trials, they won't be as riled up about the situation, so they're not likely to riot again. That's what they're hoping for. That's what they're looking for. Is that a possibility? That may be what she's doing, but God, I hope it's not. And not because I would want to see riots can... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Continuing because I don't. I don't like seeing that type of activity anywhere. Doesn't matter that I don't live there. I don't want to see it happen there because sooner or later it will happen here if it continues there. But it's also part of the job of a prosecutor. The primary job of the prosecutor, in fact, is to try and make sure that justice is served. Not vengeance, not political expediency, but justice. And justice can't be served if you're bowing to the will of the mob mentality. If this is a way of trying to appease the mobs, to try and settle down the rioters and the looters, then that's the wrong way to go about it. If these police officers did something wrong, and I've been saying this all along as with every other case, if the police officers have done something wrong, they should face justice for what they've done. They should. No qualifiers, no hesitation. If the cops did something wrong, that's it. Now, according to the reports, this started over making eye contact. Well, okay, then obviously there was something wrong there. Making eye contact with somebody is not a crime. Uh, if he makes a panicked look or, I don't know, flashes a gang sign after the, oh, yeah, hmm, blood's right here. Whatever, it does something besides just the eye contact that leads you to probable cause of something else, then okay. The eye contact is because this guy's got a rap sheet. Now, having a rap sheet does not justify you to being uh, executed on the street. The fact that he has a rap sheet means that uh, he hasn't been executed on the street beforehand, so obviously he's was fortunate enough to deal with other officers before now. But there's still the simple fact that we still really don't know what this information is. We don't know what the evidence is. All we know is what various people that were supposedly in the wagon with him have said. sounded like he was banging again. I saw one report floating around that he had recently had uh, spinal surgery. And, and if that's the case, it certainly wouldn't take in as much to do the kind of damage to him because he probably shouldn't even been moving around too awful much just yet. But again, that's just a, a report. It's it's from a source that I deem to be fairly re fairly re responsible, fairly reliable. They accessed the so-called medical information by getting insurance information, so they kind of 
sidestep the whole medical protection act kind of thing to get to that information but i haven't seen a lot of independent verification of this yet now if it's true that he had a pre-existing condition and had recently had spinal surgery then it's entirely possible that the cops would not have had to have done anything necessarily wrong in order for him to sustain this type of injury and he wouldn't have had to have done anything to himself either. Could have just been a horrible series of events that led to a terrible accident. Until we know all this stuff, though, until these facts come out, we, and now it means America at large, but primarily talking to the citizens of Boston, need to withhold just judgment and wait and see justice. And again, we've got to understand there is a huge not very complex difference between justice and vengeance. Vengeance means you're going out to get even with somebody regardless of what the situation was. Justice means that there are extenuating circumstances. Justice means that we've looking at looking that's a real word. That we have looked at everything. That we've taken the time to make a judgment as to if these cops behaved appropriately or not. Now, I still don't see how all six officers are being charged with false imprisonment when it really should just be the two arresting officers to get hit with that charge. Now, of course, this is just my opinion, and I don't, I'm not familiar enough with uh, Maryland state law as to know how complicated that gets and if that's appropriate or not. But just me personally looking as a non-lawyer from the outside, I'm thinking false imprisonment really happened with the first two cops, the arresting officers. The other police officers were just backing up a, a fellow officer in the street. That's what they're supposed to do. But absolutely, if these cops did, if there is the excessive force and they created – this and it's all based on the fact that the guy made eye contact because the fact that he had a switchblade knife on him is irrelevant to the fact that his probable cause was making eye contact. That part's unacceptable. That needs to be addressed, and that goes back to the reactions between police officers and civilians. Now, I'm not going to get on here and bash cops. Not going to do it. I've said it a million times. If you're a regular listener, you probably tired of hearing me say it. I'm not going to stop. Police officers have one of the toughest jobs out there, and they should be respected. We need to treat them with respect, and we need to follow their orders in the field. Even when we know that it's not right, not appropriate, we need to go along with it, and then we will fix whatever violations of our constitutional rights are taking place afterwards through the legal means the court system the way we're supposed to. That de-escalates things and that keeps things from getting far, far worse under most circumstances. It only takes one or two bad cops to make all the other cops look bad. It only takes one or two bad personal situations uh, to happen to you before suddenly you're oversensitive to the topic. Police officer walks up to you and asks what you're doing. 
That's not harassment necessarily. It could be. Or it could just be an officer trying to uh, do his job. See, unfortunately, cops have been put in this terrible location where location a terrible position where they're to blame whether they take action or if they don't. I want each and every police officer to always remember that their primary purpose is to protect the citizens. That's your job, to serve and protect. That is your job. You take an oath, or at least most police officers that I know of take an oath to uphold the laws and to protect the citizens. Most police officers, and I say most knowing that this is the truth, although you wouldn't believe this based on Hollywood perceptions, based on television, movies, what you hear on the radio, or what you've been seeing in the news lately. But most police officers will lay down their lives without much hesitation in an effort to save innocent people. Unfortunately, we live in a society now where it has become almost necessary for them to be militarized to some point. Now, you got a lot of libertarians that get real nervous, and you should have probably a lot of folks that are not necessarily libertarian thinking the same thing when you start looking at the militarization of the police force. There's a reason why we have military and police separate. It's because the military goes to fight our enemy. The police are to protect the citizens. But our society has put ourselves where we are now in almost an adversarial relationship with the police at all times. Some cops relish that role. Some cops shouldn't have a badge. But most police officers have nothing else going on but an attempt to honestly serve and protect the communities that they're living in. It takes a special kind of person to be a good cop. And there are a lot of great cops out there. But even the good cops are pushed in a situation sometimes where they have to, in an effort to gain control of a situation, because the people they're dealing with are disrespectful, even attempt to be intimidating towards the officers. They don't adequately respect the police. And it doesn't have to be about respecting the badge. Let's try and respect the person. One of the biggest scenes that came out this past week was the video of the mother who caught her son and she let him have it. And a lot of folks applauded that. I was among them. I was thinking to myself as soon as I saw that video that if a lot more parents were raising their kids in that fashion, you wouldn't see riots on the street. It didn't take very long towards the leftists uh, attacked her, saying, oh, look, she's guilty of child abuse. She's hitting her kid, blah, blah, wham, wham. The kid was, what, 16, 17? He's almost an adult. And it's not like she was hitting him in a fashion that would be damaging or particularly hurtful. It was the, boy, you go get in line. 
the the, the kind of action that I think most of us who grew up before 1980 understand as being tough love. Well, you learn that somebody, if you if you don't respect properly your elders and other people's property, somebody will put you in check, and that's what she was doing. And that was a fantastic image as far as the dichotomy of how some folks are still trying to do the right thing, and they still can't get their kids to listen. And we all go through that, and I think that boy is probably going to be a lot better off in the long run, especially if that parent continues parenting the way she is. Because it's about self-respect as much as it's about anything else, and it was a great image to take from it. But it also shows the liberal hypocrisy that they wanted to attack her rather than say, hey, you know what? Good job, mom. Way to intervene directly. I want to applaud all the non-gang members. I still don't know what the deal with that is just yet, but we'll comment a little more in a few there. I want to applaud all the actual community members that decided to stand between the police and the protesters. Because number one, that's one of the scariest places to be. That took courage. That took real courage. And when those people stood there, making it clear to to either side, but it looked more like they were trying to defend the police from the pictures they saw. But regardless, when they were making it clear to either side that you're going to have to go through them first, that they were there to try and help keep things calm. Stop tearing up our neighborhoods. Now, we we heard a lot that folks were being bussed in and that uh, troublemakers were coming from out of town. And of course, I think the only evidence we need to see of that was the fact that uh, our good friend, the Reverend Al Sharpton, showed up. Well, uh, troublemaker from out of town, I guess that qualifies. Now, we know that happened in Ferguson. A lot of the looters had come there from St. Louis and elsewhere, nearby. We heard reports that a lot of these looters and the more violent folks were bussed in from other locations. I haven't seen as much evidence of that actually being the case here. I don't dismiss it. I don't doubt it. I just I don't think it's as clear-cut if that's what happened here or not. But when you have people like the Nation of Islam and the Bloods and the Crips trying to take care of uh, photo ops and, and to be seen as leaders and trying to, to to deal with the violence on the streets, uh, really? Because here's, here's the thing that blew my mind more than anything when I saw them. I don't know if there has been anybody in the history of this country that has done more to devalue black lives in America than the Bloods, the Crips, the Nation of Islam, and possibly you can throw in the new Black Panther Party. You take those four groups. I don't know that there's anybody that has done more to devalue black lives in America than those organizations. But they're going to be the poster children for bringing peace? Really? 
how does that happen? How backwards is this situation? Uh, the preacher who was talking about how great the Crips and the Bloods were because they sat down and prayed with him. Really? Where where did things get so sideways? The mayor, the mayor of the city acknowledges, in essence, that uh, she gave a stand-down order. Told the cops not to interfere. They start rioting, let them riot. She said it in her now famous, infamous uh, press conference where she said that if they wanted to destroy, we gave them room for that. Later, she wanted to deny it. Later, she blamed the media. Now, where are you getting that it's the media's fault when you said it? Ineffective leadership. Ineffective leadership that can't be trusted because they lied directly to you. They want to turn this into a love fest that's filled with violence. And what I mean by that is they want to sit there and pat each other on the back. They want to circle their wagons, and they essentially want to continue to fan and fuel a fire that's burning for them, that they want to create this new little utopian situation where they feel like they can build a new Baltimore after they finish burning this one down. It's the goal of the so-called progressives to destroy communities like Baltimore and Detroit in the first place. Now, Mary in the chat room uh, says that blacks hurt the blacks the most when they act like wild, savage animals. And that comes back to the very point I was making that you absolutely cannot expect for people to hear you when you're rioting and when you are looting because you're not behaving like a protester you are a criminal you are a thug and thug is not a racial slur go ahead progressives try and control the discussion by controlling the language try and take another word out of the arsenal go ahead it's not going to work. How about this? How about if you don't want to be called something, whatever that something may be, how about you try not acting like that something? You don't want to be called a thug? Then stop acting like a thug. Seems like a pretty simple concept to me, a pretty easy one, I would think. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody would like to call in and set me straight on that because I would love to hear an explanation about how being a thug, acting like a thug, doesn't make you a thug. And excuse me, but last time I checked, street thugs came in all shapes, sizes, and colors, (laughs) denominations. People are people. And I am sick to death of the media, uh, in this case, is 
trying so desperately to make it okay for these folks to act this way. Rioting on the street is not an effective method of expressing your anger or frustration. And it's not protest. You want to protest, protest. If there is this culture of police brutality in Baltimore, then protest it. Definitely get the news cameras there. Get the coverage. Let's drag it out into the light. Let's drag the police officers that are the bad seeds there out of those jobs, and let's put in the people that can do the job of being a police officer. And uh, definitely let's ignore people like um, like our good friend Michael Moore who thinks the answer is to disarm the police completely and let a bunch of uh, criminals go. Eh? How does that solve anything? I mean, we don't live in a world where police officers can be disarmed and effectively do their jobs if they are the rank-and-file patrol officer or detective levels even. Everybody that falls in between there, from detective down, they don't have firearms. They're not going to be able to do their jobs because their jobs are supposed to be to go deal with criminals. And guess what? When you start looting, you become a criminal. When you start rioting, you become a criminal. Now… There may be a rare occasion where a protest should turn into a riot. But in a situation where you still don't know all the facts yet, it's not time. You can't make that determination yet. We don't know what's going on. All we know is what it looks like. It looks pretty bad. It looks like something needs to be done. If you're angry, if you're upset, if you're frustrated, guess what? I can relate to you because the rest of us in this country are upset, angry, and frustrated about something else with this government. Let me let you in on a little secret. Libertarians, conservatives, Christians… All those people you are told constantly hate you, you should hate them. Those people, they don't hate you. They don't want you shot in the streets like Michael Brown. They don't want you to be thrown in the back of a paddy wagon and be roughed up to the point that you get your neck broken or have your spinal cord severed. None of us want that because if that's happening to you, we realize… We understand that could happen to us too. We don't want police behaving that way. We want police to behave professionally, politely, and effectively. That's what we want. We don't want them singling you out because you're we want them singling you out because you are a criminal. Now, Mr. Gray obviously was a criminal. His rap he shows that. But none of the charges, as far as I could tell from everything that I've seen, warrants that he was a particularly violent criminal. We're not against you, citizens of Baltimore. 
even the ones that are taking it for the cops right now, or at least that want to provide some buffer between you and the police, we're not against you. We want you to be able to feel safe in your city. We want you to be able to pursue your happiness, to pursue your dreams, just like we want to be free to do our own. I keep seeing all the divisions and how this is reported, and I keep seeing the media bumble around and trying to blame veterans somehow for this, and I still don't get that. I wonder why some folks have trouble. No problems graduating college with that journalism degree, but it's somehow magically unable to use any kind of common sense. We can't keep letting them separate us. We can't keep letting them divide us up, put these neat little labels, and put us in their neat little boxes, and then just rattle our boxes when they want a response. Because that's what they're getting right now. For those of you who have been participating in the riots, you're being used. If you, as an individual, had a modicum of respect for anyone besides yourself, or even if you had some self-respect, because in a lot of cases, I don't think there's any of that, then you could step out of your shoes for just a second. Put yourself in the shoes of a business owner who just had their place destroyed. Put yourself in the shoes of the individual that… A couple of looters tried to light him on fire, and those people are still walking around free in uh, Baltimore right now. Think about that. Just walking around, free as a bird. Cops not even looking for you as far as I know. Justice must be served. Vengeance must be put aside. It is not one and the same. If Mr. Gray died because the cops did something wrong, then they need to face the charges. And if there are other bad cops that are helping to promote a culture of brutality, then they need to be weeded out. But if the prosecutor is charging these six officers simply because of political pressure or because she thinks that might help let the violence die down for a little bit, then she's giving in to the same mob mentality that led to the riots in the first place. She's failed justice. We saw it in Ferguson where the locals weren't going to charge the officer in question. Because Officer Wilson hadn't done anything wrong. There was certainly not enough evidence to prove that he had, or even enough evidence to question, well, should we even try to bring a case? And in the end, as much as everybody hated it, even the federal folks had to admit, okay, there's not enough evidence. We can't charge him. We can't even make a civil suit here. … 
So what's wrong with standing up and doing your job as a prosecutor and saying, we don't have the evidence? But again, that's just me saying if that is political. Because again, that was the first thing that came to my mind. God, I hope she's doing this based on facts. Now, I can tell you to a much less degree, I get all kinds of political pressure put on me for things that I say uh, on this show. And I am far from an opinion maker. Uh, Granted, the show has been getting a lot more airtime, a lot more plays. Uh, The podcast has just – the number of plays have went through the roof, and since it's been – a while uh, the show's been on, and I haven't said thank you yet for listening. Thank you. Uh, the numbers have been unreal the last few weeks, uh, despite technical issues, which has really made the first part of the show's difficult. Thankfully today, the weather is absolutely fantastic, and I've had no external issues. Uh, so all you guys that are listening on Stitcher and over at iTunes, thank all of you, and thank you for helping spread the word and getting the show audience to grow. I appreciate it. I especially appreciate folks like Lady Michelle and Mary who uh, have been absent from the chat room uh, a little bit lately or not particularly involved. I thank you ladies for being here today and listening in. I appreciate you as much as anybody because you are two of the most regular listeners to the show and certainly some of the most involved in the chat room. Uh, it's nice to be back, Mary. Thank you. Uh, Mary also happened to mention uh, one of those other little stories that, for whatever reason, kept making the trending level at Facebook for the last uh, few days. Naked Gardening Day. Uh, that was yesterday. And since it's over... Uh, We've had to move on and put our clothes back on as we go outside gardening. Who came up with Naked Gardening Day anyway? I I was researching uh, a little bit about it. I thought I might have that as the joke of the week kind of thing, but uh, I never did come across that part. Does anybody in the chat room know? Anyway. Getting back on topic... There's a, a ton of political pressure that you can face when you're in these situations, and not everybody's built for it. We see it with politicians. We see it with elected officials. We we know we know that there's a tremendous amount of pressure that can be put on not only by the locals but by the federal government as well, and as a result. Some people just can't stand up to it. And again, I I questioned how defensive the prosecutor seemed to be. But again, putting myself in her shoes, if people were questioning my integrity, if I was trying to do the best job I could do, I probably would get a little defensive too. So I don't know how much that means. You know, and when I say this, when I say that I hope 
that I pray that she's made this decision based on evidence that she has in hand, facts that are real. That doesn't mean that I'm even accusing her of not. It just means that I recognize quickly how easy it would be to maybe get the thought in your head, you know what, if I charge them, it'll calm this down and I'll get this pressure off my back. And even if there's not enough for a case, you know, that comes out later. We'll deal with that some point down the road. I can see it would be real easy to talk herself into buying that as a win-win scenario, at least for her in the position that she's in. But as far as I know, she could be doing what she's supposed to do, stepping up. Maybe she has legitimate evidence with these six officers in particular. Uh, there's enough stuff at least for a trial. And if there is, if she does have that, then she's absolutely doing the right thing. She needs to be willing to take that stand, and thank God she is if that's the case. But again, you know, I have to put in that qualifier because I don't know. I don't know what she is to. I don't know what the mayor is up to other than obviously trying to hide the fact that she's in over her head. You know, it's all sunshine and rainbows until there's trouble. Anybody can be mayor when things are going good. Or at least in Baltimore's case, as long as things aren't going any worse than usual. Now, I had no idea things were really quite that bad in Baltimore, but evidently this has shown a, a light <clears throat> excuse me, on the fact that the, the Baltimore area is in a downward spiral, not at all dissimilar to what Detroit has went through. With that being the case, what what do you do? I mean, if Al Sharpton shows up and that's the closest thing you have to a peacekeeper, heaven help us. And you know there's political posturing going on by other actors who have their sights set on the White House, who, you know, former governors of Maryland, for example, who are supposed to be from the Baltimore area. I find it interesting. Just a few short weeks ago, we had a, a gentleman who hosts one of the liberal shows here at BTR call in, and we had a nice uh, conversation back and forth, very respectful in both cases. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed having the exchange. And he was telling me, though, that he didn't think anybody was going to challenge Hillary. Uh, the conversation flowed in a matter. In case you haven't heard it, uh, in a matter which I didn't get around to asking him the one question I wish I had, which was, if you thought someone was going to, who would you want it to be? Because as far as I can tell, there's still nobody that the Democrats are really excited about. The fact that Bernie Sanders officially announced <coughs> excuse me, you know, I Again, at least Bernie will come out and tell you that he's a socialist. So I got to give him that. I mean, he serving in office right now as an independent because, well, the Democrats they didn't want an admitted socialist. They just like the closet socialist to have that D attached to the end of the name. So. 
What do they do? They make him run as an independent. He still wins. Uh, he's in office now. He's going to run for the Democratic nomination. But again, at least he'll tell you. He's a socialist. I am waiting to see how this Democratic field fills up. I do think there's going to be a few more people jumping the race. And I do think that eventually Hillary is going to find the terrible, terrible, disappointing truth that it's not her turn. She was never going to get a turn. If she was, they wouldn't have moved Barry ahead of her. I mean, Manchurian candidate or not, the occupier came from essentially out of nowhere to become the Democratic nominee and eventually end up in the White House. Largely on the strength of uneducated, uninformed people with the ability to vote who showed up and voted based solely on the fact that they wanted a rock star. And that's what they thought Barry was. Just like the few people that you can find that still openly support Hillary, they just want a woman. It doesn't matter the fact that she's probably the least qualified woman of all the women you could go find. Uh, oh, I can't think of her name right off of uh, Federina. The, the former CEO who's supposed to be announcing her run, her bid, for the Republican nomination this upcoming week. Uh, she uh, and somebody else. I saw this earlier. Now I sound like I shouldn't even be hosting the show because I don't know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she and another candidate are supposed to be throwing their hat in the rings officially on Monday. And then uh, I've heard that Mike Huckabee is supposed to be officially announcing Around Thursday, I think. Can somebody please explain to me what's a whole new deal? I mean, it, it seems to have become a, a newly seated tradition involving announcing for your announcement. Uh, you, you can't just come out and say, oh, yeah, we've decided we're running. Now, uh, Mike Huckabee needs to stay home. Uh, Mike Huckabee is a progressive, and he just needs to stay at the house. He shouldn't shouldn't jump into this race. He needs to stay out of it. <coughs> He's just going to be wasting time, money, and clouding the waters a little. Would really like for Jeb Bush to stay out of it too, but I don't think that's avoidable either. Uh, I myself would love to somehow see a Scott Walker, Ted Cruz ticket end up being what comes out of this. I'm not real picky about who's on the top or the bottom of that ticket, but that's just me personally. I can get behind a Rand Paul. I can get behind a Mark Rubio. I mean, they've, there's some things that I would prefer were a little different in their resumes, but I could get behind those guys. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but you know, a Mike Huckabee nomination. Or Jeb Bush nomination might be the kind of thing to get me to stay home. And I have not missed an election since I've been old enough to vote. I cherish and hold dear 
the the fact that I have the ability to have a say in our leadership. Uh, Mary in the chat room says she'd like to see uh, uh, Ted Cruz drop out. Says she that he has too many similarities to King Putt. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I I like the fact with Ted that at least at this point, I have never once seen him completely back away from a place that he's been at. If he's made a statement, he stood behind it. If he's taken a stand, he's taken that stand. Uh, of course, very rightly points out that he is a first-time senator, and we do have terrible luck <clears throat> with folks that have limited time. And, of course, she also says that his father wasn't a U.S. citizen, uh, which is true, and he technically was born in Canada. Uh, but his mom was a citizen, and the intention was they were there for work, so that they were coming back to America. Uh, the natural-born citizen situation, yeah, I've, I've heard the arguments on both sides. Uh, well, you know, Mary does make a very good point about the uh, Lynch nomination voting. Though. He said that uh, he forgo forwent the voting, and he did. He He was not there. For the voting, uh, I addressed this in a previous show. I do kind of think that uh, it wouldn't have made a difference if he was there, and I think he knew that. And I, you know, again, Mary, I'm not trying to to convince you differently from your opinion. Uh, your opinion is very valid, and I agree with you with everything you're saying. But as far as uh, voting on Lynch, I don't think it would have made a difference if he's there or not. Uh, he clearly said. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Clearly said he knew that if they got enough votes for cloture, that they'd get enough votes to pass. And he was very much right on that. Uh, Cruz's father was Cuban. Uh, that is correct. I'm going to get a quick drink of water here. I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, I've always gotten the impression, uh, based on things that his father said, that he was one of those Cubans that came to America because of the promise of all that was great about America. Uh, you know, I, I look at what Cruz has done since he's been elected and what he's done in his life before then. Um, I still think that he would make a great president. I think he appreciates what's great about the country. I think he stands on principles. I think they are generally conservative principles. I think he makes a lot of sense, and I think he has the ability to be eloquent enough to uh, get his point across to the to the American people, not just conservatives, but both sides. Uh, and that's a great thing about being here. <laughs> well, Mary points out that those speeches also sound like King Putts. So, uh, yeah, you're right, Mary. You're right. And it still just comes down simply, though, I think he stands on principles, and I think he's got the right principles to stand on. But, again, you know, that's me. The primaries are coming up. We'll decide. Uh, I like Scott Walker a lot, too. Uh it is still – we'll see what happens as we get closer, but just – I really, really hope we don't end up seeing Jeb Bush 
getting this nomination just because he can raise more money. I hope that's the way it ends up. Now, shifting gears back towards the riots in Baltimore. You know, thank goodness the last couple of days have been a little more peaceful, a little quieter, not as much violence. In fact, I, I don't know that there was anything reported overnight last night. I haven't come across anything. But we're still left with having to come up with solutions. Now, if you have a genuinely large number of people in the city, <laughs> Mary's still on about my Ted Cruz comments and uh, talking about raising money now, how Obama raised a lot of money, uh, how Hillary undoubtedly is going to raise a lot of money too, but I, I don't think that's going to translate into getting the Democratic nomination and not this time. But uh, we've got to find solutions to the interaction between the police and the citizens of the city. And I've been saying all year that the, the buzzword here is respect. And I think ultimately it comes down to that. Police officers need to treat every citizen they come across with respect. The citizens, whether they're a suspect or just a bystander, need to treat the police with respect. That's not going to solve every problem, but I, I think that's a great starting point that ends a lot of what we see going on. I mean, everything we see, our kids right now are constantly bombarded with images on TV about how it's cool or funny for kids to be disrespectful for their parents. Uh, you see it in movies, you see it on television, you see it on commercials, not just not just the shows themselves, but television commercials. They're bombarded with these images to the point that they start to believe, hey, maybe this is the case. They see tons of things on networks like Nickelodeon and Disney where – you don't even see adults, but ever so often. <coughs> Excuse me. Seem to be having um, a little tickle in the back of my throat. That's uh, possibly the worst thing that can happen when you're trying to host a talk show. But... Uh, If you're willing to, to press on, then I'll try to soldier through it too. We've we've lost a connection. We've lost a connection with the fact that police officers are people too. We've lost a connection with the fact that most police officers' primary interest is in serving the communities in which they live. Because most beat cops live in the communities that they work in or around, or at least close to it. We've lost the connection with the fact that we're not adversaries. 
unless you're one of the citizens that happens to be a criminal. Now, if you're a criminal, then yes, the police officer is your adversary, or at least they're supposed to be. If every cop was a good cop, then I wouldn't have to make that statement, but unfortunately we know that not every cop is. But in general terms, for the most part, a majority of the time, the police are not the enemy. At least not unless you position yourself into a point where they become one because you're intentionally being adversarial to them. It starts with respect for one another, and not just with, with the police officer, but also with your neighbor, with the guy who runs the deli downtown. Instead of going and busting up his stuff, if you want to protest, then protest, but don't go tearing up other people's stuff. Comment in the chat room comes up. It's not a black or white issue. It's a police state. Now, there's a lot of police officers that do seem to believe that it's their role to keep everyone in line. One of the most upsetting things that I heard recently was the fact that when – this most recent round of riots broke out in New York, they went back and they instituted a new training session that included sensitivity training. And one of the five rules they had was to treat the citizens as if they were innocent. Now, to me, if you're already wearing the badge, then you should understand that that's Something you're already supposed to be doing. Treat them like they're innocent until they give you a reason not to. I mean, there's a ton of conversations that we need to have that are all highly illustrated by this. The lack of uh, political leadership. We've seen what it does to major cities. Outside instigators. We've seen what that does. To other cities. We've seen what the professional rates baiters do on a regular basis. That's how folks like Al Sharpton make money. The only reason uh, Jesse Jackson isn't already there is that he hasn't found a way to make money off of it yet. Give him time. If he finds a way, he'll be there. We do need to talk about the militarization of the police. I mentioned that earlier as one of the things that hit and sick of being lied to was the screen name that was used. Is absolutely right with as far as the police state, the militarization of our police. But since I had addressed that earlier, she missed that part of the show. So sorry that uh, she didn't get hit. And she kind of jumped out of the chat room. So I don't know if she's still listening or not. It's always possible, but. You know, ultimately, these are all conversations we need to sit down and, and have because we don't live in a country anymore where we can just assume everything's going to turn out okay. We don't know that. At one point in time, that was a safe thing. You know, it was a safe bet. You could believe that things would be fine. 
that somebody else would step up and make sure that justice worked, and that'd be the end of it. But we don't live in those times anymore. But I still firmly believe that the majority of police are on your side. But most of them have to take a defensive posture because they're used to dealing with a public that is abusive, disrespectful, or worse. Now, that doesn't make it okay to ever treat anybody badly. It doesn't make it okay to step across the line and injure somebody if a person that you are trying to detain starts shooting at you, then it shouldn't be a shock or a surprise that they end up getting killed. If somebody that you come up to tries to run away from you, like in South Carolina, then there's no way that person should end up dead. There are clear-cut cases. There are instances where it's obvious. And, you know, the thing about South Carolina is what happened before it made news, the officer in question had already been arrested and charged. It wasn't a case where they were trying to hide it. It wasn't a case where they were trying to convince the public that nothing happened. It was a case where they said, oh my god, this guy just shot him in cold blood. That's a crime. This was murder. As an officer of the law, you're supposed to uphold the law and protect these people. You violated the law. You're not above it. You're not an executioner, and now you're going to have to go on trial. That's the way it's supposed to work. That's how I hope that it's working in Baltimore. But we need to have the conversation about the police state. We need to talk about getting people out of police forces that don't belong there for whatever reason that they don't belong there, whether they have the wrong attitude uh, about uh, races or, or religion or a bad attitude about uh, somebody being a stoner. Don't pistol whip somebody because you think they looked at you funny. Don't shoot somebody in the back because they're running away from you. Do your job. You gotta chase them down. When you do chase them down, well, you've got them. Calm down. Don't let the adrenaline get control because that's what happens in a lot of cases is they've got the adrenaline flowing and they're mad they had to chase you. Doesn't make it okay. Just saying that's what happens. They also hear the statistics all the time about how the majority of cops that are shot in the line of duty are shot with their own firearm, meaning that somebody took their gun away from them and used it. They see those kinds of numbers, and they are trained that once you're in an adversarial situation that you have to be on guard and you have to be prepared because things can go badly in a heartbeat. Those are tough situations. They're hard to deal with. It's not something I would do. But they still have to be held to a higher standard. They need to take that oath to serve and protect the people seriously enough that they will defy orders from their superiors that violate that oath. Those are the kind of peoples we need on the police force. Those are the kind of peoples that we need 
defending the citizenry of this country. We don't have to worry about a police state anymore if we change who the police are. Now, the I have a lot of friends over at TeaPartyCommunity.com. And if you haven't checked out TeaPartyCommunity.com, by the way, I highly recommend that you do. Uh, you spend time on Facebook, spend time on Tea Party Community, see which one you like better. Something tells me if you're the least bit conservative, you'll probably enjoy your time over there at least as much. And the only reason why you might not enjoy it more is because it'll take you a while to build up the number of friends you might already have on Facebook. That's about it. I have friends over there that are constantly talking about the military purge that has taken place. How Obama has gotten rid of every high-ranking officer above lieutenant colonel that's not willing to simply fire on American citizens if that order is given. Anybody that shows the least bit of reluctance to it, it's like, you just give me that order and I'm just supposed to start. Okay, that's it. You're gone. That was it. That's all it took. Now, there has been a serious military purge. I don't know if that's the reason behind it or not, but that should be frightening. We don't want nor do we need a police state. We want police that are going to do their job and take their job seriously. We want police that are going to treat whoever they take into custody with a reasonable amount of respect. And when I say reasonable, that means uh, suspects who have been taken into custody may do things that during the course of their apprehension and then as what transpires after their apprehension that may disincline the officers to extend a full level of courtesy. You know, things like biting, spitting, cursing. Now, some of those things they should be able to ignore well enough, but you shouldn't expect to be treated like a person if you're going to behave like an animal. I think most people can understand that. I'm with you, Mary. Absolutely. I think most police officers are good guys. I think most of them are great guys, actually. Most of the police officers that I know personally certainly are. There's a couple that – and I'm not going to name names. <laughs> Definitely not going to name names because they're local. Uh, there's a couple that probably shouldn't be on the force. One of them because I have legitimate concerns about what he would do in a situation like this. He's the kind of guy that I think – might rough somebody up a little more than he needs to. And then the other one, he's just a pain in the butt. He's a smart aleck, and he looks for any opportunity. He's power tripping as much as anything. don't think he's necessarily going to rough somebody up, but he's going to look to instigate and try to force you into saying something back to he has his – what he feels like his opening to take the next step. Police like that should not be police, but most police aren't like that. In fact, most of the police officers I've spoken to over the course of the last few years have been all about uh, if uh, the feds show up and want us to start rounding up guns and stuff like that, well, we're not going to do it. 
So I'm like, good man. Taking their oath to protect the citizens uh, higher than just following orders. That's what we need. I mean, that's one of the solutions. Do we have any other solutions? What else can we do? No, I mean, I, I, I hate invoking the names of major terrestrial radio talk show hosts on here. Uh, mostly because I feel like they don't need any more publicity. They're doing fine. And in this case, this particular one, Rush Limbaugh, he doesn't need any help from anybody. But when Obama was first being elected, he very controversially, very controversially said that he hoped Obama failed because he knew Obama was going – his agenda is not going to be something that's good for America. He also made the statement, and I, I followed his logic, and I had hoped that he'd be wrong about this, but he said that uh, with Obama's election, racism is going to be worse. The racial divide will be worse. And it looks like he was absolutely right. I don't think we've been so racially divided in this country uh, since his election – uh, you could go probably back as far as – you know, there might have been some times where we were close to it in the late 60s, early 70s. But I think you've almost got to go back to the Civil War. Well, the War of Succession. Mary says that she goes out of her way to thank officers and firefighters just like vets. And, uh, you know, I, I tell you, I – I do the same thing, uh, especially with firefighters in particular where I'm at because I'm in a rural area, and the majority of firefighters here uh, are all volunteers. So you know, I think that's worthy of a lot of things. I, thankfully, I haven't needed their services personally, but you know, these people are doing a hard job, and it takes a special type of person to do it and do it right because it's hard. They have to be held to a higher standard. They should want to be held to a higher standard because it is vitally important that it's done the right way. And unfortunately, the only way to walk back some of these things that have happened is to start earning some of that respect back and forth. I mean, the police have my respect. Firefighters have my respect. Veterans definitely have my respect. And they've got my respect because of the job that they do, and they keep it until they do something to lose it, which is the absolutely ob opposite of how I treat everybody else. Everybody else, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you that minimum amount of respect that uh, I was taught to extend to people, and then if you want more than that, it's up to you to earn it. So that's where I'm at with just about everybody. But back to my point about – Obama and the, this racial divide, uh, and Mary rightly points out that uh, he was supposed to unite us. He was supposed to be this great uniter, and the only thing that he has united is the people's tax dollars with the expenses for his vacations. That's been it. You know, I, I still <clears throat> still run into people that support 
Barack Obama. And I try to get them to explain to me why. You know, that's that's my basic question. Uh, over the course of the last several weeks, when I run into somebody who says they support Hillary Clinton, I ask one question: Why? And, I, and when I run into somebody that says that uh, they think Barack Obama's doing a great job, again, one question: Why? I try to ask it in a non-condescending tone. It's kind of hard, but I try. I try to make it sound as legitimate a question as possible because it is a legitimate question. At this point in time, I desperately want to know why you would think Barack Obama has done a good job. Because unless you're some kind of anti-American socialist or eugenicist or somebody that just wants to see the Constitution finished off, then I can't possibly see where he's done anything that would move forward to an agenda. I mean, he hasn't even done a very good job of the left's agenda, with the exception of destroying the Constitution. Where are we standing at constitutionally, guys? The Fourth Amendment is gone. The First Amendment is at least halfway gone, and they're trying to finish it off. So unless you're gold, unless you're one of the people, one of the so-called progressives, who want to see the Constitution completely ignored and irrelevant… Then I don't see where you can say Obama's done a good job. I don't see it. If you can come up with something, feel free. Hop in the chat room and give me a call. Shoot me an email over at ttap at tapintothetruth.com. Go ahead. And if you actually have something reasonable or at least reasonably entertaining, I might even read that off on the show. We've lost confidence. We've lost respect. And when I say that, I say that as the American people. And you know, I think I'm probably just as much to blame as anybody else because I saw all this shouting down by folks on the left for a long time. Every time we tried to make a stand, a conservative stand on any issue, we'd get shouted down. Anytime we tried to make a stand on something, whether it was a social issue or a fiscal issue, the left would twist it, and then they'd try to shout us down. And I got tired of nobody defending the point of view. Uh, that's part of what motivated me to get on here and to do this show. Is I wanted to be an additional voice. Some days I do a better job of that than others, but I was… Fed up with people not defending the conservative viewpoint. I was fed up with Bill Maher saying, Well, can you understand those conservatives? Uh, they don't want you to kill a baby, but they think it's all right to fry a convicted felon. He gets a ton of laughs, and people seem to think it's a legitimate argument. When in fact, the real question mark should be why are you okay with killing unborn children but not okay with killing a convicted murderer, rapist, whatever? Because I'll tell you point blank, that unborn child, we don't know what the future may bring. Could be the next Hitler, could be the next Gandhi. We don't know. But as far as that guy sitting over there on death row, presuming, of course, he's guilty, we know 
what his contribution to society is going to be. We know what's going to happen if we allow him to continue to live. So the death penalty is reasonable for certain crimes. But to be okay with killing unborn children, not so much because that is an innocent, helpless life that should be nurtured and protected. Adoption is a viable option for anybody that can't take care of that child. Somebody needs to stand up and say those things. The thing I love about the folks that listen to this show is just about everybody who listens to it is up saying those things on the issues that matter most to them, and sometimes on other issues too. That's what we need. We need to be voices. We need to be a conscience for America. We don't have to preach a a spiritual revolution necessarily, but there'd be nothing wrong with doing that. We have to make sure that the defense is there. But now there's a lot of folks out there that are trying to do just that, but all they do is they get – involved in shouting matches back and forth rather than making the cogent points. And we can't continue to stay in a point where we simply allow one side to yell at the other or we start poking fun at every time the other side makes a mistake or misspeaks. Because you know there are times when somebody legitimately misspeaks. I know this because I've done it myself. But there are also times where we need to hold people's feet to the fire. The most important thing, and that is what I've been preaching all year long, though, is we've got to get back to having that respect for one another, enough respect that we can make our points without having to result to name-calling, without having to start throwing mud and slinging muck at people. You look at somebody like Harry Reid or Mimi Pelosi, they've got enough st- Muck and mud covering them already. There's nothing you're going to do to hurt them. You look at some loudmouth blogger who just wants to be heard and just wants to attack, attack, and then run away. You're never going to reach them. But your friends, your neighbors, your churchmates, these are the people you're going to be able to talk to. You notice I left coworkers out. I I don't know what your work experience may be. Some jobs have gotten very, very iffy on whether they're going to let you have these type of conversations at work. <laughs> yeah, I sometimes I do think uh, Pelosi is one of the Gorgons, still rather closely related to a Medusa, but. Uh, I don't know if turning to stone auto is an automatic thing or if it takes a little time. Uh, I do try to avoid her glare, Mary. <laughs> the point still comes down to this. We can't sit back and just criticize people. We have to start offering solutions, and we have to defend our positions, and we have to be communicators. It's incumbent on us all, and we're going to have to pick a side. So we need to make sure we're picking the right side. We have to be real careful. This is one of today's big notions. We have to be real careful about who we allow to speak for us 
because the bottom line is is nobody's better qualified to speak for us than we are. But there are times that we have to choose somebody. Now, I'm inside the last 60 seconds of the show. I want to thank everybody for listening, and I especially want to thank everybody who hopped in the chat room today. Uh, thank you, Michelle. appreciate uh, your kind words. I want to make sure that everybody listening today uh, knows how much I appreciate them, and I love you guys. I really do. Uh, a few things I need you to keep in mind, though, at this point. When we are talking to these people, when we're out there, we have to be sure to make our points. We have to make sense, because if you're not making sense, you're just making noise. Let's stop making noise, and let's start making a difference. Uh, thank you, Mary. Appreciate your kind words as well. Don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Take a little time, do your own work, your own research, use your brain, and always be prepared to put in a little bit of effort if you want to tap into the truth. Have a great week, everybody. God bless, and we'll see you again next week. I'm